It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the radio on the bet, Las Vegas. So hello to our Las Vegas radio audience. We appreciate you being with us. And I say us because it's not just me. Your your humble host, Scott Branson, along with my co-host, also known, a.k.a. Midtown Mo. He is Mo Moten, senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Also, Raiders columns at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on x.com at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. You can also catch my writing. I usually do it with crayons on sportsnot.com. So thank you guys for being with us. It's time to jump into Raiders football. How you doing, Raider Nation? How, how you doing? How you holding up after the Charger loss and all the negativity? I know, I know. Mo, I had somebody on our YouTube channel say, I love your channel, but I think I just have to stop watching because it's so bad how things are going. And I said, no, we'll keep you company. We'll make you feel worse, but at the same time, we'll make you feel better. Right, Mo? I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a good message to send, Scott, but no, look, you can't you can't, as they say, can't put lipstick on the pig, right? Oh, yeah. So there's nothing you can say to fans <clears throat> to sugarcoat a three game losing streak to start the first quarter of your season. So. Yeah. No, no question. And look, here's the deal. It doesn't mean that you can't find silver linings in things, but I want to talk to you, Mo, because you had um, on Wednesday last night, you had your Bleacher Report live. Um, ironically, all all very, very older men in there with you. I don't know what the deal is. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just joking. With you. Trying to catch you off guard. But nonetheless, you're in there. You asked the question. Okay, if the Raiders were to get rid of Josh McDaniels tomorrow, which many, many, many in Raider Nation would like to see happen, some are disappointed it hasn't already happened. But nonetheless, you asked the question about coaches. Like who? Okay, so who would you, who would you get to replace your coach? What was? Give me your most intriguing answer, like one that actually makes sense, because we'll get into the ones that don't make sense. There are two that I really like. One is Shane Waldron, offensive-minded. Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks helped Geno Smith reinvent himself in Seattle. I think there's something to be said to take a quarterback who was talented coming out of West Virginia, and then and then didn't have a good start with the Jets, bounced around the league. And you take that guy, turn him from from a journeyman quarterback to a bona fide starter. On the defensive side, my best candidate was Dan Quinn, and I explained this for two straight weeks now that Dan Quinn isn't just a defensive coordinator. He wouldn't be there just to fix the Raiders' defense. He knows how to build a pretty good coaching staff. I continue to point out his 2016 staff that had Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, and also had, who who else did it have? It had another head coach on there, Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers. Also, Matt LaFleur was an assistant on that staff. So he had three future head coaches, and he also had Raheem Morris, who has a pass as a head coach, on that staff. So this is a guy that, yeah, you're probably going to lose your offensive coordinator every two to three years, but if you have confidence in your CEO type of head coach to build the staff and rebuild the staff, then you can hire a defensive coordinator and that guy can help your defense while building the other side of the ball with uh, coaches who develop talent. Yeah, it's a good point. But here's so two things and I don't want to. Well, I'll wait to spoil the fun in a second. But the the, the coaches that other people I, I don't understand. And it's not just Raider Nation. So I'm not picking on Raider Nation. It's every fan base wants to go to the past like the the melancholy the the idea that 
Jack Del Rio came up in your show, right? Somebody, there was a couple people who actually wanted Jack Del Rio. There were quite a few people because I opened, as always, I opened the chat for suggestions, not just me, because I don't want to do all the talking and, right. you know, because Raider Nation is it's an open discussion. So, you know, I asked the chat, obviously, you know, you know, who do you, you know, any names you would put out there? Of course, I got a lot of Eric Bieniemy. I said I want to see Eric Bieniemy for a full year away from Andy Reid before I, you know, kind of evaluate him as a play caller because he was under Andy Reid. I'm not saying he had nothing to do with the operation, but I just want to see him away from Andy Reid, just as you want to see a Patriots disciple away from Bill Belichick, right? And the other name that came up was Deion Sanders, and I pointed to a, a tweet that I had or a post recently that I had that said, Deion basically admitted that his coaching style wouldn't work in the NFL no. because there are guys that would be making more money than him, and he wouldn't be able to motivate them the same way he would motivate young men 19 to 21 years old. Right. And then the director real suggestion came up, and people – and there were quite a few, and let me tell you, there were quite a few people that said Jack Derrick should have been fired. Bring him back. The other name that popped up that I thought was interesting was Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not, I'm not on the Cliff Kingsbury bandwagon. I don't like how it. I understand he did better in the NFL than he did in college, but if I'm gonna bring a guy, if a retread, I would want him to have a winning pedigree, a winning track record, and that's why my first suggestion was Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. People don't realize this. Jim Harbaugh has a 70% win percentage on the NFL level with the 49ers. He also has a 70% win percentage on the college level between Stanford and Michigan. So this is a guy who's done it at a high level on both the college and the pros. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, I think I'm going to go on the record now. Jim Harbaugh is not going to be the Raiders coach ever. He leveraged the Vikings last year to get a deal at Michigan. He also, by the way, I agree with you, Mo. I mean, you look at his stats, it's hard. And I was, I was in line last time saying they should have went and got him right before they got Josh McDaniels. I thought, I thought it was going to happen. I really did. But you look back, he's been on the NFL for a while now. And I think that that makes a difference. I know, you know, you, you step out, you come back in, we've seen what, what has happened with other coaches who've done that. So I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I think, look, and again, you know, I'm not criticizing you, my friend, but I just think the talk of a new coach, it, it's, it's a moot point because I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't, think they're, I don't think Mark Davis, unless it gets so disastrous, and we've talked about this before, right? I don't think he's going to fire him this year. I really do not think it's going to happen. And, and, and we heard today from Jeremy Fowler on ESPN, or excuse me, on Wednesday, about Devontae Adams saying, hey, look, I'm good here. I, I don't need to trade. So Devontae Adams is kind of backing Aiden O'Connell, too, by the way, said he did really well, that he had the locker room. So it sounds like the locker room situation, while there might be frustration over losing, which there always is, is not at the point to what you and I talked about in the preseason, which was the only way we would see him getting fired is if, if that became an open revolt against the head coach. It could still happen. I'm not saying it isn't. I just don't see it happening. I agree. I don't see it happening. But if the Raiders go one and eight, would you be able to completely rule it out? No. If the I leaders agree. in the locker room, like Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, and Josh Jacobs band together and say this isn't it, yeah, would you rule it out? Because Vic Taffer wrote a piece. He had a mailbag column over on The Athletic, and he said, Mark Davis is trying to be really, really patient with the current regime. And we've said that plenty of times. But he said, if the Raiders wind up losing the next three games, and I have a column up on sports not breaking down the next three games – versus the Packers at home, mm -hmm. versus the Patriots at home, and then going on a road to face Chicago, who's also falling apart. By the way, Chicago hasn't won a football game in nearly a year. <laughs> if the Raiders lose three straight games to those teams, I can you remember. absolutely blame Mark Davis for changing his narrative or changing his mind a bit and saying, maybe we do need to hire a different head coach and general manager? No, I, I agree with you there. And I think, too, there, 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 there also is the totality of, of I think – really troubling things that come out, not in the individual, like, oh my gosh, that's a terrible, I mean, that's incredible. But the little things that are starting to leak out, which I don't think is an accident, by the way. Okay. So when you talk about not losing the locker room, I think there's probably people there who, who would prefer not to have him there. But you saw Peter King, right? Peter King talking to, um, to Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack said he was chipped twice during the game. So remember in the press conference, Josh McDaniels didn't say different, really. He just said, well, we put, we put various guys on him. Made it sound like he double-teamed him, but he didn't. He just switched assignments sometimes. He switched in some rotating guys. 
Like if I'm the owner and I see that, wait a minute, one sack, two sacks, three sacks, and I don't do anything different. See, these are the kind of little things, Mo, that I think are building. And to your point, you put that on top of, let's say, like you said, you lose the next three. Now you're, you're one and six. Okay. Then you put on what players are saying and what they're telling the owner, because he, he does talk to players. Then you start to accumulate, I think, a lot of weight on the shoulders of Josh McDaniels. And suddenly, yes, a change becomes more evident. But because you're right, this three-game stretch, they have to. They have to turn it around. I'm not saying they're going to win all three of them, but they better win two or three. They, they better win two or three. Um, because if not, there's, there's real trouble in River City. Two and five? Because that, I believe they were two and five last year after seven right. games. Yeah. So that means zero progress through zero. the first about half of the season. Right. I don't I, Look, as I've said, it, it's going to take more than a bad record because I think, and I had this post pinned to my ex profile where Vic Tafer basically says, you know, the guys up top, Davis, Ziegler, and McDaniels are not judging the season on wins. So you, you may ask yourself, what are they judging the season on? It's player development because they they have the idea that this team isn't close to being a contender. So we'll, we understand we're not going to have a, a good record this year, but we just want to see the rookie class progress. And to that, I say the rookie class, very little progression there. Name me, could you name one rookie that's made a huge impact this season? I know it's early. It's only the first quarter of the season. There's still plenty of time. But if we're on this rate, no, none of the rookies have shown great promise yet. They've taken baby steps. Tyree Wilson taking now he has a faster get off. Okay, but you got to consider quarterback. That's what they drafted you seventh overall for. You know, Jacorian Bennett has a good play here and a bad play here. Has a flag here, it's debatable, but not a major impact yet. Yeah. Byron Young, you know, he's on a milk carton right now. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie, give him some time, but he hasn't made a, a, a great impact. There are there are no. Other than Aiden O'Connell, and I liked what I saw out of Aiden O'Connell, what can you say that you really said, okay, I see something special in this player. I see some promise. There's been nobody. You're right. And and, and you're right. The, the, the player that's shown the most, and granted it's only <laughs> one game, and but in the preseason is Aiden O'Connell. That's the one guy, and he's not going to play. So, so go figure. Exactly. You, have, you have Michael Mayer, nothing. Uh, so, so it, Trey it's Tucker, Trey Tucker, nothing. So it, it, it's very frustrating. I understand from a fan's perspective too, looking at it and saying, Whoa, why are we not getting more out of these guys? And, and that's the simple question is that's the question Mark Davis has to ask. And to your point, if it's not about wins and it's about progression, then boy, my offensive line is regressing. Yeah. Uh, my first round draft pick got blown up by a wide receiver. I'm sure you've all seen that film of Keenan Allen taking out Tyree Wilson. I mean, it just it just seems like there's one hit after the other. For the Raider fans that are depressed hearing this, <laughs> I just want to I just want to and put we'll a bonus by saying it's it's still early. We're only yes. we're only through the first quarter of the season and I we had Matt Holder on a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and I said I won't really start to look at Tyree Wilson with a very critical eye until mid-season. Right, because we all know he had a slow offseason coming up, that foot injury, foot surgery. Byron Young, I I expected to see a little more from him. I know he had an injury too this offseason, but I expected him you know, to get more snaps in that rotation, especially with uh, you know, just Bilal Nichols have making a play here and there. Nesta J. Severa not getting on the field till last week. <laughs> so where you know, where is the growth coming from from this rookie class? It's just not there yet. No, it's not there yet. Uh, and then I also don't understand. I mean, look, there's no, there's, there's also veteran players who are not being utilized. We talked a lot about that on Tuesday's show, right, Mo? And and I've talked about it in the mailbag yesterday as well with with the viewers who who wrote in. And so so it's 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 a weird thing. They have to change. They have to flip the script, so to speak. They have to change the narrative, and it has to start on a big stage on Monday night against the Packers at home again. The Raiders haven't won at homes consistently. And people wonder why there's a lot of visiting fans there. Just saying. It's the way it goes. So we'll we'll get into that. But first, 
in the next segment, we are going to talk about, we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo updates and, and other things uh, happening with the team in the final segment. But coming up after the break, we're going to be joined by Daniel Kotnick. Um, he's going to talk about the Packers. He's out in Wisconsin. He's going to give us a lowdown on Jordan Love and the new look Green Bay Packers. We'll see what it's like. Anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will rejoin you. We will continue to talk Raiders football, and you will get better. You will feel better. I promise. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the air, on the radio in Las Vegas. If you're listening to us there on The Bet Las Vegas, thanks for being with us. Scott Branson, Mo Moten. And joining us now, Daniel Kotnick of Game on Wisconsin. Also, the Pack-A-Day podcast. So we're talking Green Bay Packers football. Raiders obviously host the Green Bay Packers and their young quarterback, Jordan Love, out at Allegiant Stadium on Monday Night Football. And so, Dan, we want to get you on. Thanks for being on with us, man. Let's talk about this. Obviously, the Packers move away from the legend, right? The future Hall of Famer. Um, and now he's in New York, the, the name we shall not mention right now. But um, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is there. And so they turn to Jordan Love. Jordan Love has a nice early season. Ran into some trouble this past game in the loss. But overall, how would you assess the transition to Jordan Love from an offensive standpoint and from this team from a leadership standpoint? Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's it's still kind of up in the air with Jordan Love, you know. Um, I think that if you're talking about how he's looked as a quarterback, it's hard really to say that there's been many things to kind of knock on him you know when you watch him play he plays in the rhythm of the offense he seems to make all of the right reads he anticipates where plays are supposed to end up really his big thing right now is kind of cleaning up small mechanics it's uh fixing some of the accuracy issues that he's sort of had and you know a lot of the problems i think too if you want to look at the offense as a whole have not really been around jordan love it's been around a young inexperienced team that's mm-hmm. built around him and also uh just some troubles on the offensive line have been big too they haven't helped this offense get into a rhythm we've seen that crop up really the last three weeks obviously the biggest one being this past week against detroit the the inexperience with that offensive line especially that left side there they put this offense behind the sticks early jordan has to kind of be forced into obvious passing situations which is not what you want to put a young quarterback in and without aaron jones they've had to rely on aj Dillon as being the main running back and we've kind of seen he really doesn't have the wherewithal to be the a three down kind of aggressive running back that this type of offense really kind of needs so a lot of the struggles early on i think kind of are a collective offensively from what we've seen out of jordan love i think you, you have to be happy with it if you're a Packer fan. You're, it's kind of funny. We're all trying to figure out how to properly uh, properly like look at a quarterback and, and adjudicate what he's doing when we're so used to watching Aaron Rodgers make every single throw. And you're like, oh, this is what this is what an average quarterback looks like. This is what a guy that isn't you know a, a, a four-time MVP looks like. So it's kind of tricky as Packer fans. It's been a lot of trying to figure out how to properly judge what we see out of Jordan Love. But I think if, um, you know, if, if you're being analytical about it and you're watching him, you have to be happy with what you've seen out of a guy in his first four games. So, Daniel, 
the Raiders have struggled off of defensively. They had a shutout against the Chargers last week where the Chargers didn't score a point in the second half. But could you just kind of break down the, the Packers' young pass-catching group? I know Dobbs, Watson, Wicks, Luke Musgrave before he got that concussion was was uh, productive. Are you looking at this pass-catching group as if, okay, it can elevate Jordan Love, or do you feel like Jordan Love has to elevate that group being that it's young still and he's also still young? Sure. I, I think it's a little bit of – it might sound like a cop-out. It's a little bit of both, you know. Um, I, I think when we saw the the Matt LaFleur offense kind of come in, you know, about five years ago, I think that has to play a huge part in the resurgence we saw out of the Aaron Rodgers career because this offense, it's, you know, that Shanahan coaching tree style of offense that really allows – uh, it schemes open your best offensive players. And and Aaron was able to really thrive in a system like that. And I think that that system is really helping Jordan Love and, as well as helping a lot of these young pass catchers. I think uh, if you're talking about in terms of like how much, if you want to call it blame or, you know, how much one person sort of needs to lead the other, I think this wide receiving group or this pass catching group needs to help Jordan out a little bit more in terms of figuring out how he likes to play. It's, it's been pretty clear there's, there's been some obvious uh, mistakes in big situations on fourth downs, uh, plays that turn into interceptions, where you can tell the pass catchers, whether they're the running backs, uh, wide receivers, they are playing how Aaron liked to play. You know, they're, they're running the scramble drill early. They're, they're setting up, uh, you know, at this position when Jordan wants them to go this way uh, on a slant or something. So I think if you if you want to look at it in terms of that, yeah, the, I think the pass catchers might need to play a little bit of catch up with how Jordan love likes to likes to run the offense, but that's going to, that's going to come, you know, that that's, that just is time that that is getting used to the reps. It's getting in there. And we've seen, uh, well, we've seen Romeo Dobbs take a huge step here in the second, his second year. He's kind of come out and established himself as one of the best pass catchers on this team. Now, when Christian Watson can get fully healthy, I think that opens up a lot of things too. You mentioned uh, Musgrave; he's been uh, they haven't been able to connect on it, but you've seen this offense dial up things specifically for him up the middle, where Aaron never really liked to go much uh, in his later years, and so he's become that middle threat that the Packers' offense has been just crying out for. Uh, and then I'd be remiss, honestly, if I didn't mention the rookie Jaden Reed from from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when when we watch film with him, this is something I think you guys will appreciate. You see the way he runs uh, his routes, the way he breaks off of things. He looks like a young Devonte Adams. It, it, it is like that kind of that the way he just sort of is able to master coming out of breaks has really shown early on he's going to step up as a as a guy that he can rely on. So. Again, it's it's all, all all in all with the whole offense. It's going to take time. It's going to take reps to get used to it. But I think, uh, yeah, there's clearly a learning curve that a lot of the offensive line, a lot of the offensive players all over kind of need to relearn how to play a Green Bay Packer offense without Aaron Rodgers. They need to play it with Jordan Love. Well, Daniel, let's let's switch to the other side of the ball now, too, because um, this isn't a really interesting matchup with the Raiders because the Packers have the worst run defense in the league. And the Raiders have the second worst rushing offense in the league. <laughs> so somebody's going to have a good day and feel pretty good about it, I think, after this one, because uh, either the Packers are going to improve their statistics against the run uh, or the Raiders are actually going to start doing what they usually do last year was get Josh Jacobs on track. What's been the reason for that up front and and with that, that Packers uh, defense? What's going on there uh, against the run? Why aren't they able to uh, to stop anybody? Yeah, I think it's I think it's partially due to scheme and kind of partially due to just uh, the defensive line is really young for the Packers. Kenny Clark is the stalwart that he's always been. Uh, we've seen some young guys like uh, Slayton and uh, Wyatt take big steps, but they're still very young. And then you throw in there that uh, you know the other rotational guys like Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden are two rookies like late round rookies that are getting in there to play um behind them 
Devondre Campbell, the starting middle linebacker, he's been hurt now the last couple of weeks. He's been banged up. And there's really not much help coming from the safety group as well. Uh, I think this, this defense is very clearly designed around pinning your ears back and stopping the pass, getting to the quarterback. And so I think they've really fallen into a system where they need that to be the case to succeed. Otherwise, they don't really know how quite to respond to that. They don't really have that drive to be the big run stoppers. Uh, you know, Joe Barry, say what you will about him. He's he's ready to be run out of rail in Packerland, but he he's he's been trying to do things. He's been trying to put guys in position, and you know, we saw a couple of times in Atlanta when Bijan Robinson broke loose for almost a buck twenty-five. Uh, sometimes it's literally just on the players not executing. They're they're overrunning plays. They're losing contain on the edge. They're it's clear that they're they're an inexperienced group that doesn't know how to work with each other yet. And I think that that is mm. the pass defense is gonna or the the run defense is gonna suffer when you've got a young team like that because it's so much more about the discipline and sticking to a scheme rather than just go kill the guy with the football that's back there. Um, so I think that's that's the big thing for them is is just another inexperienced group on the front there. And again, like it's the way that this team is kind of designed. They play this complimentary football where they hope that the offense can get up by two scores early on and force you not to be able to run Josh Jacobs and be able to like pin pin their ears back and just go crazy. And when that doesn't happen, they run into they run into some issues they're because they're just not built like that. Yeah. Yep. So, so big picture, Dan, because anytime we bring on someone from an, another fan base, I like to just get the pulse of what the fans are thinking about their football team. So the Packers have alternated wins and losses. They still own the Bears. So that's fine, right? Yeah. Jordan Love starts the first two games, doesn't turn the ball over, has three interceptions in the last two games. Are there fans out there who are concerned after losing to the Lions on Thursday night, or are they feeling still feeling confident in Jordan Love and this football team moving forward? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, we have to – clarify what the uh, the definition of fan is are you uh, are you an internet <laughs> troll that's you know because there's plenty of those out there that are after the first interception jordan threw that was like can we get aaron back i'll, I'll give him my achilles tendon i swear <laughs> um no it, it's uh i think i think when you look at the the baseline average fan they realized that this year is most likely just a kind of wait and see year uh, offensively, a lot of lot of young players, like we said, on the pass-catching side. And then, obviously, Jordan Love. We want to see what he can do in different situations and being the guy for a whole year. Uh, defensively, I think uh, the expectations were a little bit higher, or at least uh, the leash for that side of the ball is a little bit shorter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mentioned that there's some young players, but there's still – I mean, there are pro bowlers, arguably all pros – in several different positions there, like Jair Alexander is arguably an all pro cornerback. Kenny Clark is, uh, you know, has been one of the best defensive linemen in the league. And Rashawn Gary is, uh, you know, he's, he's up there sort of in that Max Crosby tier of like a guy that you need to game plan for. He will wreck your day. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, there's, there's talent all over that defense there. And I think the the least a little bit shorter on what we expect to see out of them, like uh, progression wise, Offensively, though, I think we all sort of knew that this would be, you know, a bit of an up and down season. The highs are going to be really high. The lows are going to be really low. I think uh, the the loss in Detroit was more just sort of a wake up call. Probably when I say for Packer fans, I mean for me personally, uh, <laughs> that maybe maybe we don't get to be the schoolyard bully in the NFC North anymore, and that it's you know you probably will still be able to compete and have a chance to win the division. You're not going to be, you know, the Vikings or the bears right now that are desperate for their first win, but you're not just going to be able to, you know, hold your hand up against the forehead of the lions and, and say, nah, 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 nah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a little bit trickier now, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think the moderate fan had tempered expectations going into this year, but it always just kind of sucks to lose to the lions like oh. that at home. <laughs> <laughs> After all those years, yeah, and, and and with the Packers dominating for so long, mm-hmm. yeah, as a fan, I can imagine how frustrating yeah. that is. And I anticipate a full 
a full group of cheeseheads to come out to Vegas for Monday night's oh, yeah. game. When I was at UNLV and the University of Wisconsin would come out, always great. And I know that Raider fans want to beat the pants off the Packers, but Packer fans, always great people to be around, always well, well-meaning, good-natured. And so I'm sure the game at Allegiant Stadium is going to be a lot of fun. Daniel Kotnick, I appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast, which is Pack-A-Day Podcast, and he's also on Game on Wisconsin. My friend, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thanks hey, thank you guys. Really appreciate it. All right. There you go. All right, Mo, we got our we got our skinny on the Packers. Uh, it'll be interesting. This Raider team in desperate need of a win, um, and they're they're not, you know, they're going to go against the worst run defense in the NFL, uh, but they've went against a pretty bad one in the Chargers, and they couldn't get anything going. So it's going to be be an interesting Monday night. Not the courage, Scott. I think that they're probably the third worst. I don't think they're yeah. the worst, but you know, I Close. think they. I, I didn't ask Daniel this, but I think they gave up 211 rushing yards in two out of their four games. Yeah. If I'm if I'm correct, he's shaking his head yes in the back room. So yeah, oh, they gave up go. 211 yards in two games, <laughs> but I think statistically they're you know. I would guess if I had to take a guess, right? I would say the Denver Broncos probably maybe up there, oh, but yeah. that's just me. But I, I I like like I said when I asked him about the the pulse of the Packers fans, it's because as you said, when you're used to being and he I think he mentioned this when you're used to being the bully in the division, and then you lose by multiple scores on Thursday night in a standalone game, you start to get, I guess some of the even the rational fans start to say, well. Most is Jordan Love going to be that guy for us to lead right. us to some, you know, conference title, um, division titles or not? And I, and I think that's the overreaction because it's the only game on TV. It's a division rival. So, of course, there's some overreaction because we see it, you know, against the Chargers, against the Broncos. The Chiefs always beat the Raiders these days, so it's not really a surprise. But, again, when you're used to being at the top and now you're kind of maybe the second team in that division, tough pill to swallow. But I, I would think that if we were talking talking to Packers fans – they probably feel confident against the Raiders because the Raiders haven't been able to stop a lot of people. Yeah, and it's hard, I know, for other fans to feel sorry for them because you had Aaron Rodgers all those years. You had all those great <laughs> runs. Uh, but 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 yeah, for a Packer fan, I can imagine. All right, we're going to stop step aside, excuse me, take our final break. When we come back, we'll close out the show. We'll talk about some uh, Raiders roster moves, what's going on there with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and uh, whatever else Mo and I come up with. It is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, also heard on the air on the radio, on the bet in Las Vegas. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the home stretch here as we get set to send you out to Allegiant Stadium on Monday. That's right. We won't talk to you between now and then unless we drop a show tomorrow on, on Friday. Um, you obviously will hear the show on Saturday night on the bet in Las Vegas, uh, which means the game. Uh, Mo, without a Raider game on Sunday, it's almost like you and I both work on Sundays because of football. But it almost seems like we're going to have an easier day because the Raiders aren't playing. Now, I know they play Monday night, but it like makes the Sunday a little easier, right? It does. I, your live I, show. I'm not doing a live show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to do a Raiders piece for Sports Not that night. I get to do it Monday night instead. It's like, oh, <laughs> a little low. It's, it's, I actually thought about that before I got on air with you, like, because the Raiders don't play on Sunday. I'm still covering the entire league, but my day is basically done after I write about the first slate of 1 p.m. Eastern time games. I don't have yeah. to go all live. I don't have to fully break down a Raider game after, but it is going to be fun to have another Monday night football game, whether Raider fans are upset about Josh McDaniels being the head coach or not. <laughs> I like to see I like to see the Raiders in prime time. Maybe it's just me, but I like to see the Raiders on Sunday night and Monday night. Whether they win or lose, we'll see. But as I, you know, I think I talked about this off air with you this is a crucial stretch for them this these these teams that they're playing the next three games yeah. these teams aren't high scoring teams the packers while they they've, they've won two games they're not an offensive juggernaut i think you heard daniel say that they're still figuring out how to you know the receivers are still figuring out how to work with jordan what he likes what he doesn't like right we yeah. talked about the um we also talked about the patriots and their offense is a mess and the Oof. bears are a complete mess offensively and defensively so the Raiders, to me, if I'm marking down wins and losses, which is a big mistake because they're probably just going to do the opposite of what I'm going to say right now, but they should win at least two of these games. Bears and Packers or Patriots, they should win at least two of those. Well, and, and the Patriots, Mo, uh, the Patriots are reeling right now because you talked about Daniel Jones. I mean, what Bill Belichick is Matt. saying in Bill Belichick language is not good for Daniel Jones. 
Mac Jones. Um, what's that? Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones. I call him Daniel Jones. Sorry. They're both having <laughs> trouble. Thank you. See? See what happens with age? Senior moment. Uh, but yes. <laughs> Zach Jones. Daniel Jones. How do they have to have similar names? All right. So there you go. But but my point is, they he seems to have lost confidence him. He probably doesn't have confidence in Daniel Jones as well. Um, and so so <laughs> so they kind of roll. And, and to your point about their defense, I mean, he's coming off the worst loss. I know this week they play again, but last week the worst loss in his co- coaching career for Bill Belichick. There's even talk in Boston of like Bill Belichick maybe on his way out. Maybe. Of course, we yeah. all know he can leave when he wants. He's not going to get fired. But um, who knows? And then, of course, the a lot of people coming out. See, it was Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady all along. It was Tom Brady. Well, we'll see. But anyway, yeah, this stretch for the Raiders. I mean, if the disaster of all disasters would be to lose all three, uh, I think even losing two out of three would be very, very bad for this team. Um, but to win two out of three, or to, to go, you could change your season by winning all three of them. Especially, you got one on the road uh, against Chicago, who is just. You talk about a, an organization reeling. It's the time to do it. If you don't do it now, I, th- I, I, I just don't understand. They have a gauntlet later in the season. It's going to be tough to get through. But um, they, they need some good news here. They need some positive momentum. I was just getting ready to say, because this is the quote-unquote easier part of the schedule. Because mm-hmm. then they got to play the Lions, the Chiefs, the Dolphins. You know, so And these teams are rolling. Mm-hmm. And if you can't beat... The Bears, who haven't won a game in a year, if you can't beat the Patriots, who can't score, you know, twenty points, twenty three points either, yeah, then what what are we doing here? And I, the, what I fear is that and I know I, I tweeted, I posted this on X. Jeremy Fowler had a report: Devontae Adams not looking to get out of Vegas. Right? right? He's also a big believer, and I'm using Jeremy Fowler's words. He said Devontae Adams. He wrote Devontae Adams is a big believer in Aiden O'Connell. I'm not worried about Devontae Adams being traded at this point, but would the Raiders now consider trading Josh Jacobs if they're two and five close to the deadline, being what Josh Jacobs' production is? Now, I know he had a big day against the Chargers, but mm-hmm. the run game hasn't been what we expected it to be. Yeah. And I, I think Raider Nation gets started to get a little anxiety and a little panic when you hear the trade deadline and hear all of these names floating around. Now, I don't think Max Crosby and Devontae go anywhere, but I could see Josh Jacobs getting moved. Yes, and not only that, it's interesting you brought that up because I was talking um, on on our NFL Playbook podcast with Evan um, uh, earlier today about the fact that the Ravens, look at the Ravens. The Ravens are in the catbird seat huh. um, at 3-0 and in the conference, right? I mean, in the division. 3-0 and in the division. They're going to play Pittsburgh this weekend. And Pittsburgh, I, I don't see Pittsburgh winning that game. So Baltimore is going to be in a position where you get to the trade deadline, they could use a running back. And, and Josh Jacobs is the perfect trade bait because they can walk away from him after the year. You don't have to pay him. You don't have to pay him, right? Do you know who the Ravens can send in return for Josh oh, Jacobs? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that guy, was, was it his last name? King? No, Queen. Yes. He's had, a, he's had a nice start to the season, by the way. But yes, so, so to my point, though, there are going to be teams like the Ravens who could – bolster their opportunity to move deeper into the playoffs because the Ravens are going to win that division. There's no question. So you look at that and you say, to your point, Mo, Josh Jacobs, if, if I'm the Raiders, we're already thinking about moving on from you anyway, most likely. Let's right. get something. Unlike they did with, unlike what they did with Derek Carr, they could actually get something for Josh Jacobs, especially near the, the trade deadline at the end of this month on Halloween. So, so yeah, I would expect that to happen, especially if the next few weeks go, go very poorly. He's the only guy that really, and Hunter Renfro, of course, because they're not using him. Hunter Renfro is still collecting dust somewhere, <laughs> you know, all, in the guy. slot somewhere where he's lined up. It, I'm not going to even get on that spiel right now, but it's completely ridiculous. The underutilization of the offensive playmakers on that yeah. roster right now. Yeah. Something's got to change. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? Do we know that he's healthy, ready to go? It sounds like he was. They sounded like he was um, yeah. earlier in the week, Mo. <laughs> Josh McDaniels said, yeah, if he's available, he's starting. I mean, and, and I would expect that. I'm not, I'm not arguing against it, but it's, it's been a little bit quiet, which makes me wonder. I would assume that he's going to be back. I shouldn't assume because I don't know how Jimmy's feeling. But usually, so far this season, we haven't seen a, a player out multiple weeks, I don't think, for a concussion. I think right. 
every every player that's suffered a concussion has missed at least one football game. And I I was I expect Jimmy G to be back out there, but of course the Raiders their schedule is a little pushed back because they're playing on Monday, so maybe we hear more about Jimmy G's status on Friday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, everything's so a day I, off. But I, I expect him to be back under center after hearing what Josh McDaniel said about the turnovers on Sunday. And that that his comments about that last play got a lot of play on social media. My only thing was he gave a detailed response to the question, which the media loves. Guys like you and you and I love that. Mm-hmm. I just wish that he had said, look, we can't turn the ball over. That's on the quarterback. But I can also have made a better play call in that situation. And actually, the play call wasn't a bad one except for down and distance, right? I mean, the down, on first down, no. On third down, yes. (laughs) Maybe even on second down, depending. But when you're three yards away from the end zone and you have the running back and you have Jakob Johnson, who is a beast of a man who was blowing guys up earlier in the game, by the way, before they went away from the run game because it wasn't working, um, it makes no sense. So, I mean, I know we're going back to the previous game, but these are the kind of decisions – that, that lose games for you versus win games for you. And so against the Packers, they're going to have to uh, be aggressive, but at the same time know what to do here. And if you have your veteran quarterback under center, fine. Uh, but Mo, tell me, tell me the keys to this game for you, in your mind, the Raiders to, to win it. For me, it's all about the running game, knowing, knowing how the, the Packers are against the run. All about the run game, number one. Got to run the football effectively to beat the Packers. I think the Packers are much stronger against the pass than the other run. We just talked to Daniel and said they're designed to get after the quarterback, run the ball, take advantage of their aggressiveness. Number two, no turnovers. Can't turn the ball over. Jimmy G, Aiden O'Connell, you know, Kevin O'Connell, Neil O'Donnell, whoever is on the center, <laughs> can't turn the ball over. No turnovers for the Raiders on offense. Can't get the Packers more possessions. The other thing is I want to see, I want to see that defense, you know, build on the momentum that they had in the second half of that Chargers yes. game. Yeah. They held Justin Herbert to a lot of career low numbers. Now you get a lesser, in my opinion, a lesser quarterback in Jordan Love, a less proven quarterback in Jordan Love. Let's see how the defense can build on what they did against Justin Herbert. Yeah, agreed. And I want to see this offense score some points. To me, this should be a defense that you if you you need to get more than 18 points in this game. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you need to you need to move the ball. You need to get touchdowns and 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 and, and put some points up and, and have those guys earn their money. And, oh, by the way, have the coach target these guys. We had Nick, Nick Lombardi said that they're, they're going to – they target – they have plays for Michael Mayer. They have plays for Hunter Renfro. But it's the second week in a row I've heard the same thing from the offensive coordinator and from the head coach, and then they go out and they don't target them. I it. can't you, – you can't take anything from these head coaches in these press conferences because Josh McDaniels went up there and said, you know, we tried everything against Khalil Mack, and then the, the numbers show they, they double-teamed them twice. Come on right. now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, it's not about – that's not about that's not about owning your mistakes right there. It's not. It's uh, It's like – Scott, really quick. It's like do they, not, do they not know we have access to these numbers? Like you, if you're going to get up to the podium, maybe he didn't know because he's an offensive guy, Josh McDaniels, but – I hope these guys understand that it isn't 1987. Right. We can go on any number of analytical sites and and double check what you're saying during these press conferences. So if you're saying that, and he didn't say how many times he double teamed Glow Mac, but he made it seem like well, we did it, you know, we did a bunch a of number stuff. of times, more yeah. than twice. I mean, if he's wrecking your <laughs> offensive line, he should be double teamed more than twice. It, I'm it, just it, and you brought it up again, and and <laughs> again, I just can't believe that it was twice. I mean. <laughs> Dude, after the third sack, would you not be like, whoa, we, we uh, guys, we, we, we got to do something here. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Help on now five. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> so true. By the way, watching the film, remember we were talking about, Murph and I talked about it in the post game. Literally, the Raiders only moved the ball when he wasn't on the field. When he was on the field, almost every single time, their plays were either not successful or they were short gains. It was incredible. It was, and and yet you don't double team them, you don't chip them, you don't do anything. So there you go. Well, but you know what? Now, Mo, we're moving forward. We're talking about the Packers, and I agree with you on the keys of the game. Their defense, you want to see them build momentum. They really need to build momentum. Um, also, the cornerbacks got to do better. Marcus Peters, uh, Jacorian Bennett, we got to see more out of them. They're giving up. They're giving up a little too much. You see moments, but. Um, 
this whole defense has to do better. And it, it started to against the Chargers. So like you said, build momentum. And then offense, if Josh Jacobs doesn't have a Josh Jacobs game this time, folks, I'm afraid you won't see it all year because this is the time to do it. This is the defense to do it against. And to me, that's what they do. I'm going to, I'm not going to pick the Raiders in this game, Mo, because I can't, I, I just can't pick them in a game. How do you pick them in a game? Now, I'm going to say I think they should win and probably will win, but I can't tell you a score. I, I, I just don't know because part of me thinks they'll lose. I'll say this, and you know, Raider fans listening to this, you know I'm always honest. I'm not going to mm-hmm. try to blow smoke up, up your rectum. I actually picked the Raiders to win this football game. I there have the go. Bleacher Report betting column up. I have the Raiders winning 24-21. Maybe it's 24. wishful thinking. 24, whoa. 24 Whoa. points, yes. Whoa. I want to see three touchdowns. Two from Whoa. Jacobs, one from Adams. Wow. 24-21, Raiders win. I, I, look, maybe maybe I'm out of my mind. <laughs> maybe I just, you know. They got to show I'm, me first. Maybe it's sleep deprivation. I don't know. But I'm picking the Raiders to actually win this football game in their building, at their home. The Raiders have not won a home game since week 15 of last year, and that was the Chandler Jones walk-off fumble recovery for a touchdown game. Yes. Now, I know they played the San Francisco Miracle. 49ers and the Chiefs at home. They're, they're Super Bowl contenders, but losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers in a standalone game, you get a mediocre, okay Packers team that's still trying to figure it out offensively. Win the football game. Raiders don't make me look silly here because if you lose here and you lose badly, I don't think I can pick the Raiders to beat the Patriots if they lose against the Packers. Over, under on Renfro receptions. I'm going to put it at two. Push. <laughs> I'd say push. He's going to get two catches. Two catches. Probably just two, two catches, targets, better. not even catches. Oh, my I mean, gosh. How about Michael Mayer? Over, under, I, zero. I, I He's going to get blank. I don't see. My problem with Michael Mayer is I understand his run blocking, his blocking period is a work in progress. But you could, you, you, could, right, you could still use what he's good at as a I pass know. catcher. You could still yeah. get him on the field in that sense. I. Yeah. For them not to just use him, I I don't know what's going on there. Javante Adams, I know, is going to have a, you know, going against his former team for the first time, he's going to have a big game. He I expect is. Josh Jacobs to have a big game. I kind of expect Jacoby Myers to also have a pretty good game. He's been consistent when on the field. Of course, yeah. he missed that one game with a concussion, but I expect the usual characters to contribute. It's, can they get other guys involved? Yeah, I think, I think Garoppolo is going to have a, a typical good Garoppolo game. Right. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to, that's going to make fantasy football owners excited. Uh, but I do think he will because of what you're saying, because they will get the running game established. Devonte Adams will be on fire. You have Jacoby Myers as the number two there doing really, really well. So they should move the ball and they should score. Um, but I can't pick them because until they prove it to me, I just can't. But anyway, I think it'll be a good night for the Raiders. And I think it'll be a good night for Raider Nation as they watch their team on Monday Night Football and they can stroll into the office the next day wearing their gear, feeling good if they win. So they need that. Raider Nation needs that, Mo. They need some some good news. We need some good news here. It's we're black today as well. I know. Because <laughs> we 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 uh like like I said at the beginning of the show, it's hard to sit here and tell fans. Oh, maybe you have to wait until next year until we see yeah. progress. How many how many years in a row consecutively have you been saying that? At some point, it has to change. Something has to something has to change. Something has to be different. No, the coach. I know everybody out there is yelling at us at the coach. Um, all right, my man, what do you got coming up this week uh, with your lives and your written work? So as I said, I got a sports not piece out right now. Just going over the importance of the Raiders coming out with a winning record over the next two games. I think they have to win two of the next three for it to kind of cool the, the fire McDaniels crowd down a little bit. Of course, there'll be still people out there saying fire McDaniels, but I think two wins would actually help him and, and kind of not restore faith, but say, okay, you know, maybe they're starting to build some momentum. I talked about the defense today. Jimmy Garoppolo, we think is going to play. If Josh Jacobs can get going, it can kind of change the tenor in the locker room and within the fan base if they can pull that off. That's my major piece of that sports not, of course, as we talked about. Monday before the game, I'm going to go over inactives for the Raiders-Packers game, just talk about who's in, who's out. And after the game, I'll be on postgame as I normally am, just breaking down what happened. Hopefully it's a Raider win because I'm sure if it's not, fans are going to go berserk. <laughs> uh, yes, they will. I agree with you that. So so make sure you uh, get all that. Follow Mo on x.com, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me as well at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. 
And make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your audio. Uh, you can even walk in the house and say, Alexa, play Silver and Black today. Playing Silver and Black today with Mr. Midtown Mo. Bing. And then it plays. So there you go. So do that for us. Also subscribe to the YouTube. As always, just great chat in the YouTube. Uh, we have such great listeners. I texted Mo on Tuesday night saying, man, you know, everybody in the in the chat on YouTube, our viewers, really disappointed in what's going on, but really level-headed and really good discussion about what do you do next? Where do you head from here? Uh, and that's why I love our listeners, because it's not just a lot of hot takes. It's actually people who know what they're talking about that are realistic. Yes, they get emotional and angry and happy too, but at the same time, it's always a great discussion. So hit the subscribe button and hit the notifications bell up on our YouTube channel as well. All right, Mo. Well, we will next talk. I think we're going to do, um, what do you think, Mo, about a, a Monday morning show? Should we do a Monday morning show? What do you think? Why not? Just kind of Monday previewing what, what we think is going to happen because you, you didn't want to uh, give yeah. any predictions today. We'll, we'll warm yeah. up Scott to get him some you know. I will. I'll make a prediction Monday on Monday once I know everybody's playing and how it's all coming down. So look for a special show Monday mid-morning, right? Because Mo and I aren't going to get up at four in the morning to do a show. We'll get up a little later and then we'll make the show available. Um, and then, of course, we'll have our post game with Murph, which will be available for Tuesday. And then we'll talk to you back in our normal slot on Thursday next week, as well as a mailbag on Wednesday. So you get Monday through Thursday next week at no additional cost. What a deal. I mean, we're just giving it away, Mo. Somebody's got to be giving the fans something because the Raiders aren't giving them very much. <laughs> I knew you were gonna, you've been so good with these 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 turn these turns of phrase, man. It's been very very. Nice. I appreciate that. Mo likes see Mo likes it when the Raiders lose. I'm just saying, he gets to bring this all out. It's crazy. I, I get a little snippy when the Raiders lose a lot of games. It's all good. I'm just glad that we don't have the leaf blower today. Good. <laughs> Somebody asked me on the YouTube, "What was that noise in the background?" I said, "Oh, it's a leaf blower." Yeah, you know, I got to keep my grass out there, you know, <laughs> manicured properly. You know, I can't have, can't have bad no, grass. Got to have a good. All right, my friend, I will talk to you on Monday. 24-21 Raiders, we'll see. There you go. All right, for our producer, Mike Robier, uh, and for my boatin', I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast also heard on the bet in Las Vegas. We will talk to you guys on Monday. Take care, Raider Nation. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>